Hey, I want to welcome you once again to Providence Road. If you are a guest with us this morning, welcome. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here. Uh, there is a card like this maybe under your seat, the seat next to you. If you are a guest, uh, we would ask that you fill that out for us. Uh, just give us a little bit of your information. We want to follow up with you, connect with you. Uh, and this is our primary way of doing that. And you can drop it uh, in any of these boxes uh, throughout the room. And also these boxes are, are offering boxes for you guys who don't know. Uh, and so uh, you can put offerings in there as well. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. Uh, this Friday, we are having a college uh, prayer and worship night. Uh, so if you're a college student or you don't have to be in college, you can still come. Right, Jade? You can come. I invite you, Jade. You can come. To worship and pray with us. It's at 8 o'clock uh, on the 16th this Friday. So uh, in, this, in this place. So uh, college students, come on. Also, membership, uh, 18th and the 25th from 5 to 7. Um, if you've been with us for a while and you're not a covenant member, uh, we encourage you uh, to sign up for this membership class or two. It's actually two classes. And you can sign up out in the foyer. Uh, there's some cu uh, computers back there. Uh, so go ahead and, and sign up. Uh, and let me just say, college students, if you've been with us for a while and Providence uh, Road is your home and it's your family, we encourage you to consider that as well, uh, to become a covenant member. And so... Mark those dates down, uh, sign up in the back for those. Um, again, my name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are jumping back in our series on the book of Genesis. We took a, a break last week uh, to celebrate all that God had done for us over the past several years of our existence of the church and, and providing this uh, amazing uh, space for us. And so it was a time of celebration, a time of, uh, of worshiping our, our, our faithful God and what he has done. But we're going to jump back into... Uh, Genesis this morning, and we are going to look at something very, very significant uh, that God has done or did at the very end of creation, something that uh, if we take a hard look at it this morning and we begin to uh, imitate and actually put them into the rhythms of our lives, uh, we will find much freedom and joy as followers of Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be in verses 1 through 3 this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's one maybe under your seat. See, next to you, the verses will eventually be on the screen, but I do encourage you to open up a Bible and turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. May God bless his word among us this morning. Let's pray. Father, as we are going to look and more in depth that you have set aside this day for us to come together as your people and stop and cease and find rest for our souls knowing that you are God. And Father, you know my heart and you know my life and you know that father i desperately need rest and i'm willing to bet that most of us if not all of us in this place we need rest this morning 
We need rest for our bodies and our minds and our souls. And you've created one day a week for us to stop and rest and cease. So, Father, that's what we do right now. We're doing that. We're going to stop and we're going to rest and we're going to submit ourselves to the authority of your word. And we ask that you would come in a mighty way and that you would bring freshness to our souls this morning. That we find great rest in you. Have your way among us. Holy Spirit, come and move. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, I came across this book, and the title of the book grabbed my attention. It's called The Tyranny, well, that was The Tyranny of the Urgent. That's an amazing title, isn't it? The Tyranny of the Urgent by a guy named Charles Hummel. Now, I picked up the book, and I began to read the introduction, and Charles Hummel says something uh, very urgent for us, no pun intended, very urgent for us to hear uh, and listen to this morning. Listen, listen to what he says. He says this. Have you ever wished for a 30-hour day? Anyone? I know I have. Surely this extra time would relieve the tremendous pressure under which we live. Our lives leave a trail of unfinished tasks. Unanswered texts and emails, unfinished tasks on your to-do list, unmet goals, unpaid bills, piles and piles of laundry and dishes, all of these way, all of these have a way of haunting the quiet moments when we stop to evaluate what we've accomplished. And we find ourselves desperately needing relief. But would that longer day actually solve our problem? Wouldn't we be just as frustrated with our 24-hour allotment? We could hardly escape Parkinson's principle, which he says, work expands to fill all available time. More time will not help us catch up. He says, children grow in number and age, which require more of your time, greater experiences in your profession and even within the church, brings more demanding assignments. At the end of the day, we find ourselves working more and enjoying less. And the reality is we find ourselves enslaved to the tyranny of the urgent. Anyone feeling that this morning? The tyranny of the urgent. That there never seems to be enough time in the day, in the weeks, in the months to get it all done. I mean, guys, here we are in Norman, Oklahoma in the year 2018, and we are living in a time where our lives can be summed up in one word, and that is the word busy. More than any other time, more than any other culture, maybe, I mean, we feel this expectation to keep up with everything and everyone because everything and everyone has access to us. And if everything and everything, everyone has access to us, then that means that we have access to everything and everyone. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Did you check it this morning? If not, you probably missed out on some of the most significant events that have ever happened in the history of the world, right? Like your friend just posted a picture of their cat and themselves on Snapchat or whatever. You missed it. Now, I joke, but we feel the reality of this, right? We feel this pressure. We feel like, in many ways, that we have to be on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we're going to miss out on something. I mean, we even sleep by, uh, you know, with our phones by our bed just in case, you know, someone needs us in the middle of the night, because the reality is the world cannot, it cannot keep going, right? I mean, it, I have to be accessible and, and, and available all the time, or this world's going to actually stop, right? You feel that? We're busy people. Parents? You add to the demand of young kids to your life, 
And before you know it, you have time just to bathe maybe once a week. Moms, you know what I'm talking about? There you go. <laughs> then you add the demands of work. Some of you get up, uh, sunrise, and you head off to work. You come home, sun down, sun down, and you get a little time maybe for, for dinner and spend time with family and your family, your kids, and, and, and your wife, and then you just crash and burn. It doesn't seem like the, there's a, ever enough time in the day to really do what you really want to do. I mean, the reality is, guys, that we are busy, busy people. And think about the way that we respond to each other. You probably said it this morning. How are you? Ah, oh, I'm busy. I'm good, though. How's work? I'm slammed. How's the family? Oh, man, it's crazy, right? I mean, we got basketball practice, basketball games. Uh, we got homework. We got doctor's appointments. We have birthday parties. And that's just one kid. I mean, things are absolutely nuts. But also think about a response like this. It's like a friend comes up to us and says, hey, like, can you help me today? And you're like, yeah, you know, I'd love to, but I don't have enough time. I'm busy. Or what about Heavenly Father saying to us this morning, hey, will you pursue me? And you're like, you know what? I just don't have enough time. I'm too busy. It's convicting, isn't it? It's convicting because this is the reality of our lives. We are busy, busy people. And if you didn't know it, here is the consequence of the tyranny of the urgent. Here's the consequence of us being busy. The consequence of the tyranny of the urgent is that everything that is truly important in our lives gets pushed aside. Because the urgent then becomes what's most important. But what is actually most important in our lives? To-do lists? ESPN app? Social media? Work? School? Not according to the biblical creation account. According to the biblical creation account, what is most important in our lives is relationship. Relationship with created beings and relationship with our creator. But what is the first thing that gets pushed to the margins of our lives when we feel the tyranny of the urgent? It's relationship, isn't it? When we are busy, when we're living under the tyranny of the urgent, we don't have time for deep, intimate relationships. Quality time with our spouses out the window because we don't have enough time. Time with our kids, we don't have it. It goes out the window, being intentional to develop deep, intimate, lasting relationships with each other. We're just too busy pursuing the one who's given us physical and spiritual life and the one that our, our souls were made for. We're just too busy. And what's crazy is in this culture, we actually wear it as a badge of honor, don't we? Because when we say that we're, important, when we say that we're busy, it, it communicates that we're actually important but we always follow up with, listen, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, but I'm good. But the reality is, are we really good this morning? Are you good? Or is that just kind of something we throw on top of it to make everything feel like we're good? Listen, if we're honest with ourselves, I am, I'm, I'm willing to bet that most of us, if not all of us in this, in this room this morning, would rather say, you know what, I'm busy and I'm exhausted. Things are chaotic in my life, and I'm not, I'm not okay. Things are crazy. I'm not sure if I can really keep up with this, with this pace, with this demand of this culture. Everyone and everything wants a piece of my time. I cannot do it anymore. I don't know how to say no anymore. Is this where you find yourself this morning? Honestly, this is, this is exactly where I find myself. I need some rest. 
I need to find a way for my broken down body to find some rest. Anyone with me this morning? Need to, need to find some, some way to find comfort for our weary and anxious hearts. Somehow, some way to find a balance within this busy culture and the tyranny and the urgent. What is the answer? The answer is this. The answer is we stop this morning and we watch and see the God of all creation, what he does in Genesis chapter 2. We stop, we cease, we rest as God stopped and ceased and rested. Look at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested. On the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Guys, there is so much that we can learn from these three verses. So much that speaks into the reality of our busy life and our busy culture. I mean, God wants to meet us this morning in the tyranny of the urgent, and he wants to give us perspective on what we actually should fill our lives with. So this is what I want us to do. I want us just to take these, these three verses apart, and we're just going to simply observe what God has done on the seventh day of creation and see how then we are to imitate and we are to put into the rhythms of our lives this very thing that God does in stopping and ceasing and resting. All right, you with me? So the first thing that God does is that he stops. But why does he stop? He stops to enjoy his creation. God stopped to enjoy his creation. Verse 1 says that the heavens and the earth were finished, and what does God do? He stops. He ceases. Now, the Hebrew word for rest actually means to cease. So it's not a word that actually deals with exhaustion. So in other words, it's not like God is tired after six days of creation, of creating the stars and the moon and the galaxies and the fish and the birds and, and humans, and he needs their nap. Okay? It's not, that's not what's happening. God, God does not get physically tired. But what this means is, is that God stops, he ceases, he rests to enjoy and celebrate his creation. That's what he's doing. So on the seventh day of the week, after he made all of creation, he stops and he enjoys and celebrates all that he has made. So it is a stopping, not of one of inactivity, but it's a stopping to enjoy and celebrate his marvelous creation. So the question is, what would our lives look like if we stopped more often to enjoy his creation? And more specifically, stopping to enjoy the relationships that he has given to us. And not just one day a week, but every day, because isn't it interesting that God, in, on the seventh day, he does not close it with morning and evening, right? The, the first six days, he closes the day with morning and evening, but not on the seventh day. He leaves it open. And I think one of the reasons why he does this is that God wants us to stop and enjoy his creation every single day. He wants us to make a daily discipline of stopping to enjoy and celebrate all that he has made to fill our lives with actually the right things, and the right thing is relationship. So, when's the last time you stopped to enjoy your spouse? I mean, really enjoy your spouse. I mean, when was the last time you stopped to celebrate them? Today is the day. Today is the day to give thanks to God for the spouse that he's given you. 
So the question is, will you take time today to enjoy being with your spouse and laugh with your spouse and actually be present and engaged with your spouse? Make your spouse today a priority, not your work, not your phone, but your spouse. Stop, cease, and enjoy being with your spouse. What about your kids? You have kids in here? When's the last time you stopped and you ceased, maybe put down your phone and got on the floor to wrestle with your kids? I mean, to be honest with you, I really struggle with this. Uh, at, di at the dinner table, my wife is always saying, put down your phone, put down your phone, put down your phone. And most of the time I like her saying that, but a lot of times I don't. Because she's calling me out, right? I don't like to be called out. The other day I was sitting at the kitchen table. I asked my, my daughter, I said, hey, Catherine, tell me about your day. And she begins to tell me about her day. And before you know it, I was on my phone, and I totally it was ignoring everything that she said to me, everything. And my wife kind of looked at me, and I, I knew it. I knew it was up. I hate that I do this. I hate that I chose my phone because I felt like my phone, whatever was on my phone, was more important. Tyranny the urgent? I felt like it was more urgent and more important than being with my daughter, but the reality is nothing is more important than being with her. I won't get that time back. One thing I do well is that every night when she goes down for bed, I stop whatever I'm doing, and I'll go and I'll lay down with her. And I'll scratch her back. I'll pray over her. When I, when I do that, when I stop, whatever I feel like is important, and I'm with her, when I stop, when I cease, everything that's chaotic, everything that seems out of control in my life seems to disappear. The reality is I will not get that time back to celebrate and enjoy the gift that God has given to me in my daughter. Now is the time to stop and cease. So parents, Will you stop and imitate your heavenly father in celebrating and enjoying your kids today? Well, what about a friend? When was the last time you took a friend out for a nice hot beverage or cold beverage, whatever you prefer? And you celebrated them. You spent time with them. Listen, God in his amazing way has laid out for us in creation a way for us to, to, to really to establish a way for us to be free from the tyranny and urgent, designed the creation for us to stop and cease and rest and enjoy all that he has made. I promise our lives would be so much freer and so much more enjoyable if we just stopped on a daily basis to celebrate all that God has made in relationships. Be intentional with your time. That's what God's calling us to do. He stopped, he ceased, he rested to enjoy and celebrate his creation, and so we should too. And not only should we stop to enjoy a creation, we should also stop and enjoy our creator. Look at verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. So God not only stops uh, to enjoy and celebrate all that he's made in, in creation, but he actually stops and he sanctifies uh, the seventh day. He sets it apart. Now, why does God do this? Well, he wants us to stop on the seventh day of the week and for us to find rest in worshiping and serving him. 
in creation, God has set aside one day of the week for us to make it all about him. Now, as we move further along in the Old Testament, we see that God kind of lays this out uh, for his people, the Israelites, uh, in, in, in Exodus. He gives us actually command in, in Exodus chapter 20. He says this. He says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you should labor and do, uh, do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, female servant, livestock, sojourner, who's within your gate, gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God has set aside this one day for us to stop and enjoy him. He commanded it. It's part of his law. And the people of Israel, any disobedience actually to the Sabbath day resulted in horrible, horrible punishment. But now that Christ has actually come, he's actually fulfilled the Sabbath. It's no longer a part of law. We're no longer uh, under, uh, under law. We're, we're not going to be punished as a result of, of not obeying and living under uh, this, this commandment of, uh, of the Sabbath but God has not made us in such a way that we can continue to go 24 hours a day, seven days a week without stopping and resting. This is what this day is for. Is this how you see this day? The Lord's day? As Christians, we have set aside this day, Sunday, the beginning of the week for us to come corporately together to stop and rest and celebrate all that God is for us. That this is what it's for. We set it aside. It's his day for us to stop and rest and find enjoyment in him. Our bodies, our minds, our souls, our hearts, we desperately need this day. We desperately need this day one day a week for us to stop and remind ourselves of all that God is for us and all that he's done for us. We need to come into this place and remind ourselves that God has always been and he will always be on his throne. It's a time for us to stop. I mean, I've, after all the stresses that we have been through this week, I mean, keeping up the demands of two kids, struggling with sickness for the past two weeks, all the demands of school, all the demands of work, all, the, all the, the, the feeling, the pressure, the tyranny, the urgent. I don't know about you, but my soul desperately needed to be reminded and seeing of how deep the Father's love for me is this morning. Anyone with me? How vast his love is beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to make me and you a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The, the father turns his face away. His wounds once more, the chosen one brings me and you to glory. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His, his dying breath brought me life. I know that my soul is secure in the finished work of Christ. I needed to hear that this morning. This is what this day is for in the midst of the busyness of life. Guys, we have to fight to set aside this one day for us to come into this place and to take it serious. It's not entertainment. We're not just a bunch of consumer, consumers. 
We're not here just to, to, to entertain everyone with good music. and what, Guys, our souls and our minds and our bodies desperately need this time for us to stop and cease and be still and know that he is God. I mean, who would love just to stop and just be still for just a moment? A little awkward, right? Because we never do it. But to stop and be still and know that he is God. And as we stop, and as we recognize and, and, and we remember that he is on his throne, that he is God, we say to our soul, Psalm 42, listen to this. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God, today, this morning. Does your soul long for him this morning? Are you in this place where your soul is like, yes, I long for you. I thirst for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, my soul needs you to find rest and refreshment in you. This is, this is it. This is this day. This is how we should see Sunday. This is how we should treat Sunday. God has given us this day to set it aside for us to stop and rest. But here's the deal. If you didn't know this, I'm sure this isn't uh, news for you. You're not going to find true rest in this life. We're not going to find it. Our bodies are going to continue to wear down and get tired. We're going to continue to feel the tyranny, the urgent. But listen, if you're a Christian here this morning, there is, there is a deeper, deeper meaning to rest in Genesis chapter 2. You see, as Christians, we not only get to enjoy the finished work of creation, but we also get to, to enjoy and find rest in God's finished work of salvation. Listen to Hebrews 4.9 says this. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Forever has entered God's rest has also rested from the works that, as God has rested from him. I mean, if you long for rest this morning, do you, do you long for rest? Do you, do you long for complete and final rest? It is through the finished work of Christ that God has purchased and he has secured eternal rest for your soul. We, we hear similar words upon the cross, right? We see it, it, is, it is finished in, in creation, but we also hear the finish, uh, it is finished by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, upon the cross. It is these words that he completes crea uh, creation, but also it's these words that he completes our salvation. It is finished. It's as good as done. Nothing can take it away from you. Nothing can separate you from him. Your soul, if you are in Christ this morning, your soul is secure in the finished work of Christ, not your own. It is through the perfect obedience of Christ in your place. It is through the death of Christ in your place. It is through the resurrection of Christ in your place that one day your soul will find eternal rest in his presence, in the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But not until then. Not until then. But this is the promise that he's made for us. That one day soon, his kingdom will come. 
And when his kingdom will come, guys, we will taste pure and uninterrupted rest in his presence. Where there is no more fear, there's no more pain, there's no more anxiety, there's no more doubt. All there will be is peace and freedom and joy because we are receiving everything that our minds and our body and soul needs in his presence because he is the one that gives us everything that we need. Truth is, God is not finished with creation. Truth is, is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That God will one day come and will set up a new heaven and a new earth. And, and when that day comes, we're actually going to have glorified bodies. And when we receive glorified bodies, can you imagine never, ever, ever getting tired? That you will never experience that anymore? That you will never, ever experience feeling overworked or overwhelmed? That you will never, ever again feel this sudden and gripping rush of anxiety that comes over your mind and body and soul? Never again. You'll never feel out of control. You'll never feel out in a hurry. You will always be enjoying now, always uh, always, and being thankful for everything that you see and touch and smell. I mean, can you imagine the day and the moment that you, your, your soul will find and finally taste this unquenching peace and rest that never, ever ends? This day is coming for those who are in Christ. This is what he promises for us when he comes and he sets up the new heavens and the new earth. But until then, guys, until then, every time we come together as God's people and we take the juice and we take the bread, it reminds us of his body broken and his blood shed. And he, we are invited to once again come into his rest. The reality and truth is this, because of the resurrection of Christ, he is with us this morning. The Holy Spirit dwells among us. We are his temple. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he is with us this morning. And so we are invited once again to come and be still and know that he is God. We are invited to come once again and remind ourselves of all the promises that he has made to us when he says, remember this, do this. Remember who I am. Remember my body broken. Remember my blood shed to purchase and secure your salvation, which will ultimately one day give you final rest. So this is what I want us to do. I want us to spend a few moments, and I want us to think about a couple things. What's weighing you down this morning? What, are you, what is the tyranny of the urgent causing you to be overwhelmed by this morning? Why are you downcast, oh my soul? What is it? Whatever it is, it ultimately has no power over you. It, it doesn't control you. Why? Because when God says to us to be still and know that he is God, what he's saying to us is saying, hey, be still and know that I am the God over all of those things. I'm bigger than all of those things. So this is what I want us to do. I just want us to spend a little time being still. 
And I, I want us to spend a, a few moments just thinking about those things in our lives that are overwhelming us this morning. And I want you to cast your cares upon the Lord. I want you to, to give him those things to him and, and cling to the promises that he has made to you. And then once we spend a, a few moments doing that, then we're going to celebrate all the promises that he's made to us by taking the Lord's Supper. But I just want us to stop for a moment and be still. And celebrate the gift of life. Let's stop and be still. Father, we thank you that you have set aside this day for us to stop and cease and rest. You are so gracious and you know what's best for us and we see it. And many of us feel it this morning. We feel the exhaustion and we feel tiredness as a result of maybe neglecting this day for us to stop and cease and rest in you. But Father, we come before you and we just acknowledge that you are God and we need you. And not only do we need you, but we long for you. We thirst for you. And your presence is where we want to be. Because we know that in your presence, our souls are finally at rest and at peace. So Father, as we continue to worship you this morning and as we leave this place, um, Father, help us to continue to fight to make that which is most important in our lives, most important, that is relationship with created beings that you have given to us. Relationship with you. And as we come into this place next week, that we fight hard, Father, to prepare our hearts to stop and cease and with great expectation meet with you, the living God. We love you, Father. And we can't wait for your kingdom to come in its fullness. There'll be no more pain, no more tears, no more tiredness, no more weariness. But it'll just be perfection in your presence. So we ask that you will come quickly, that you will return quickly. That Jesus, you will come and Create the new heavens and the new earth. That you would be on your throne in fullness. We long for this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.